I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel. It is Monday, April 4th, 2022, and we are live. Today is the 54th anniversary of the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Also, um, so I posted a couple of articles dealing with that today on our Facebook fan page, the African History Network. Uh, we know also that uh, the uh, U.S. Supreme Court confirmation hearing of Judge Katanji Brown Jackson advanced uh, today um, a procedural vote on the Senate floor after uh, there was a deadlock in the Senate Judiciary uh, Committee, an 11-11 deadlock in the Senate Judiciary Committee. We're going to talk about that later on in the show. But um, in the first segment of the show, we're going to be joined by uh, one of our great Grandmaster Scholar Warriors and one of my teachers, Dr. Leonard Jeffries, who uh, used to be the chair of the uh, Black Studies Department at City College in New York. And Dr. Lenny Jeffries is going to be uh, here in Detroit April 30th um, through May 1st, 2022, for the um, One Africa Power in Unity Conference, the One Africa Power in Unity Conference. You've heard me talk about that uh, before here on the show. And uh, this is put on by um, Brother Taiki Grant and Sister Felicia, who were the producers of the film Hapi, the role of um, African uh, civilization in development of uh, the, the role of uh, African civilization in development of economics. So we're going to be joined by Dr. Leonard Jeffries here in uh, just a minute. Share this broadcast on your Facebook fan page, The African History Network, The African History Network, and our YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P. Uh, turn on live notifications so you know when we go live also. And uh, do we have Dr. J on the line? All right. Okay. All right. Uh, stand by, Dr. Jeffries. On the African History Network show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world because right now it's correct your own behavior. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. All right. So we want to welcome back to the African History Network show, uh, one of our Grandmaster Scholar Warriors and one of my teachers, Dr. Leonard Jeffries. Hotep, brother, how you doing today? Dr. Jeffries, are you there? Oh, I'm doing reasonably well. You know, at 85, I'm still alive. Yes. And I'm, I'm not about any jive. i got to do what I have to do with the time that i got. Right. And then I'll join the, the great ancestral realm. Yeah. Uh, it's always good to hear from you, knowing yes. that you're still <laughs> carrying out your mission and your work. Yes. And so uh appreciate you and hope oh. you will continue to be uh, a beacon of light. Oh, thank you, brother. Thank you. And we, we we hope the same for you as well, man. So we've learned uh uh <laughs> an immeasurable number of knowledge uh, from you over the years, Dr. J. But uh I, I know you um you and your uh wife, Dr. Rosin Jeffries, are going to be here in uh Detroit. Uh, for the uh, One Africa uh, Power and Unity Conference. So, uh, and that's uh, taking place at the uh, uh, Doubletree Hotel in uh, downtown Detroit, April 30th and uh, May 1st. So um, I know you're going to be doing a presentation there. So uh, give us some background information. Tell us, wh what is this conference about and what are you going to be speaking on? Well, there's uh, an enormous a history that we have to to get, grab a hold of and, and make it work for us. And uh, in that history, you see the transformation of African peoples from uh, in a period of the so-called European history, uh, people not even worthy of, of the human uh, relationship. And so enslavement was imposed upon us, colonialism was imposed upon us, right. and the European had the audacity to claim our great achievement as his own. And uh, so we were left holding the bag of enslavement and colonialism. Well, fortunately, African peoples uh, began, to, began to wake up, particularly after our World War 
two. And they began to organize themselves and uh, began to see Africa in its multiplicity, but as one mass of African moving together. So in 1945, and I was just, uh, I was born in 1937, so I was just a youngster, but one of the great moments in our history was the, the meeting of the leadership around our world in 1945 for the Pan-African Conference. And so my, the theme of my presentations will be Pan-Africanism or perish reparations now and African Renaissance forever. Yes. And so those three things I intend to lay out whenever I get a chance to present or even talk to people. That 1945 conference involved an array of African leaders from different perspectives mm -hmm. and different views on things, but they found a formula for unity. And so you had a W.E.B. Du Bois as the leader for the conference. And uh, under him were other great Africans, such as George Padmore uh, from uh, uh, South America and the islands of the Caribbean and, and whatnot. And so uh, Marcus Garvey's uh, wife uh, was there. And Krumah was the secretary of uh, the conference. And so you had uh, Ross McConnell from Guyana, that's South America. And, uh, and great works were produced by these brothers. Padmore, yes. uh, for example, uh, was a world leader. He was the leading black person in the common turn. That's the Russian uh, uh, communist uh, uh, party leadership. And But he began to look at that leadership and what it meant, and he realized the communism that was being presented was white nationalism, white Russian nationalism. So he has a great work, a great book in outlining the conference and the activities going on at that time in the world, and it's called Pan-Africanism or Communism. And he hasn't been deep in the communist situation, said it's clearly for black people a question of Pan-Africanism. That's the unity, the one Africa uh, consciousness that we had to uh, reach for. And that doesn't mean you can't have different views on how economics, politics, and culture should be. Right. And that you may have a, a view that we need to control uh, uh, capitalism and make it work, not in exploitation of black folks, but work for black folks. And so one of the great leaders of the time, uh, he, his great uh, work was uh, capitalism or slavery. Mm -hmm. Eric, Williams, Eric Williams, who eventually yeah. became the leader of, of uh, Trinidad Tobago. Okay, Paul, and in Paul, fact, Paul, hold it right there, Dr. J. We're coming up on a break. When we come back from the break, we're going to pick up on Eric Williams, capital, uh, uh, yes. slavery or capitalism. And uh, also, yes. I want you, we're talking about the uh, One Africa Power and Unity Conference. We're going to give you information about yes. that, how to register for it. But also, in the confirmation hearings of Jessica Tanji Brown Jackson, your name came up and I called you about that. We're, we're going to talk about that on the other side of the break. Okay. Stand by Dr. J. Yes. All right. You listen to the African history network show right here on 9, 10 AM superstation, the future radio. I'm your host, brother, Michael M. Hotep. We're speaking with one of our grandmaster scholar warriors, Dr. Leonard Jeffries. We'll be back in a few minutes. All right, Hotep, everybody. Hey, this is Michael M. Hotep, founder of the African History Network, host of the African History Network show. I was speaking with Dr. Leonard Jeffries on my radio show on 9, 10 a.m. Superstation WFDF, and we were having some technical difficulties. And uh, we were talking about the Power in One Unity Conference coming up here in Detroit. Um, it's going to be Saturday, uh, August 30th, and Sunday, uh, May 1st, 2022. But we were also talking about Malcolm X. Uh, we were talking about Dr. King, but we, we, we were also talking about Katanji Brown Jackson in the confirmation hearing of uh, Katanji Brown Jackson uh, as well. Okay, and his name came up during the confirmation hearing, so I'm going to bring him on here in a few minutes. He should be calling in right now. I just got off the phone with him. Um, um, 
Restream was acting up on me uh, tonight. We it broadcasted the first eight or nine minutes of the show and my interview with them, and then uh, Restream went out. Uh, I got disconnected from Restream and uh, have not been able to uh, uh, get back on, and, and um, have not been able to um, broadcast uh, anymore on Restream after I just paid the bill. Okay, so we're waiting on. Uh, Dr. J, the call, here he is right here. Okay, Dr. Jefferson, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Okay, all right, good, good. Okay, so uh, very quickly here, because I know you have to run and I have to run also. So um, the, we know you're going to be here in Detroit for the One Africa Power in Unity Conference, Saturday, April 30th through uh, Sunday, May 1st, 2022. This is taking place at the Doubletree Hotel. And uh, Dr. Leonard Jeffries uh, will be one of our esteemed scholars who will be speaking there, as well as Professor James Small and Dr. Jeffries' wife, Dr. Rosalind Jeffries. Uh, you have uh, Asar Mhotep, uh, Fadushi Jehutimans, uh, Dr. Theophil uh, Obinga, Dr. Malefi Asante, and others, Dr. Chike Akua, and others. So, um, Dr. J, you, you've given us a lot of history, and then you, you started talking about Malcolm X as well, right? Uh, just uh, briefly, uh, uh, just recap what you were saying about Malcolm X. You were talking about Malcolm uh, and the organization of Afro-American unity. And then also we, uh, we also we commemorate the assassination of Dr. King today as well, April 4th, 1968. This is the 54th uh, anniversary of this assassination. So just give us a brief synopsis of what you were saying about Malcolm X. Well, uh, what I was... What most people uh, don't realize that Malcolm, even though he was removed from us too soon, he played an important role in the unity of African um, nations. They were meeting, trying to figure out how can we pull all these various nations uh, together, and they were meeting, and uh, uh, they came up uh, with a organization of African unity, the OAU. And uh, he had a chance to participate in it because he happened to be in Cairo coming back from uh, Mecca and also visiting uh, on the Hajj and then visiting uh, Cairo. And some of the leaders of the conference that set up this organization were there. And so he was inspired by the African continental leaders finding a unity formula he said, we as African-Americans and African-Caribbean people need to do the same thing. So he came up with his uh, advisors of, of the OAAU, the Organization right. of African-American Unity. And so we, we see uh, Malcolm as a revolutionary, he certainly was, and as a fighter who gave his life. And he was one of our great warriors, but he also was one of our great thinkers. And he was able to think through uh, these ideas, and so, and to have a king who had to be able, who was able to envision the struggle in the South, which looked like it was not going to be successful because of so many obstacles. But he led our people to struggle in the South and shake things up, and Malcolm led our people in the urban areas of the North uh, to shake things up. So. Uh, he's had an experience in Detroit, of course, in New York and other parts. So he has left us a legacy. We need to study these brothers and sisters and their legacy. And he was a family, a family with Garvey uh, foundations, his mother and father, a family that had the African-American foundation, but also the Caribbean. His, his mother was from the Caribbean. So uh, we have to see... Malcolm as a combination, a composite of our family structures, and Garvey and others as composites, and even W.E.B. Du Bois represents that, but Paul Robinson and other leaders that we really don't even consider uh, a part of the mix, but they are. Paul Robinson was a giant. He was a great athlete. He was a All-American football star, but he, has, uh, he was a, a, such a presence. And then when they try to crush him, he, he wrote a book, Here I Stand, and uh, so he stood on principle. And uh, he, so we have to be able to take these uh, brothers and these sisters and see how they worked their magic 
they fought together, they fought with the family support, they fought with and Kuma, for example, he went to school in, in America. He went to Lincoln University. So he had met uh, some of the scholars and the leaders of our organization. Dr. John Henry Clark and others met him when he visited. Uh, and Kuma, Phil Pott, a good friend of ours, would drive up from Washington and take him back to Washington. And there he met uh, the Africans at Howard University, and including Ralph Bunch, who was a leader then, and uh, Hansberry, etc. And then that would be, he'd go to Philadelphia, uh, and that's the legacy of, 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 of W.E.B. Du Bois is very strong in Philadelphia. Then he'd go to Howard, and he'd get that legacy coming out of those brothers who are awakening. And then he, the next weekend, he would come to New York, and he would go to the Harlem History Club. He would go to the the, the teaching uh, sessions that Dr. Clark uh, went through, etc. So the consciousness of Nkrumah to be a Pan-Africanist was encouraged by his experience in America. So when he got back and he led the nation in 57 to independence, just as uh, Haile Selassie uh, was uh, achieving a new consciousness in Ethiopia and new plans for a modern nation. And Kuma had plans for a, a leadership role in the African independence movements, etc. But he said no nation in Africa is free until all of the nations are free. So the independence of Ghana was just the beginning. It was the first step in this great march toward uh, freedom. The uh, assassination of Martin Luther King uh, was so powerful that when he left us, people all over the nation spoke up and uh, and took action. So that we we have to move past uh, some of our limited thrusts into these thrusts that help us right. build. It's a part of our sacred mission to build for the future. And so um, I'm glad that we're meeting uh, with our brothers and sisters. Some people may not be able to come because some of them are tied up, but enough of us will be there uh, to make it a great moment. And I hope that people who can hear me uh, coming from Cleveland and Pittsburgh and and uh, Akron and, and uh, Youngstown, et cetera, uh, come on and, and join the family. This is an important historical moment, and uh, we have to bring forth as many of our people who are willing to grow and develop and step into this sacred mission full blast. And uh, the books are there, the tapes are there, the, the photos are there. The, I have a beautiful photo that was uh, blown up and given to me. It was taken, I'm looking at the one that's in my in the study here, and it's Malcolm wearing African uh, a robe, a top, and he's got his famous finger to his eye, and you can see his rings, etc. But that was done by uh, uh, Alice Wyndham, who was with Maya Angelou and others meeting with Malcolm as he was making his tour through Africa. I was actually with them at that time, but I had another greater responsibility. I was in charge of the Crossroads Africa groups in all of West Africa, so that I had to take care of that responsibility and unfortunately a, uh, a Canadian member of one of our uh, 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 building a school and uh, he uh, he uh, died of malaria and so his family said he loved he was Canadian his family said he loved Africa so that uh, uh, they wanted him uh, cremated and buried in Africa uh, I had to go when we l learned of his death from malaria I had to go to the Corleibu University uh, morgue and open up all these vaults to see whether I could find a vault that was empty to put his remains in. So I had super responsibility. I couldn't worry about shaking and, and, and giving a big hug to Malcolm. But fortunately, uh, after he made his transition. We have honored him. Brother Smalls has been key, linking us to Malcolm and his tradition. And uh, Dr. Betty Shabazz bonded with us in, a, in a, an enormous way. And uh, the, so 
It's about family. It's about the family at all levels, including the ancestral family. Why? And the family of the yet-to-be-born. And we have to lay the foundation for all of this to work uh, to our benefit. So that's why these are a marvelous times for us with our eyes open. And uh, marvelous responsibilities have fallen on our shoulders. And, uh, but we will, we will win. Uh, it's clear. I mean, uh, the leadership of Africa and the Caribbean and Brazil and other places are, are, are clearly ready. I had a chance to go with our group every few years we go to Brazil. Right. And you you marvelous at the great beauty of Brazil, the, the great city, Rio de Janeiro, and it's the largest black populated land uh, in, the, in the world, but it's also one of the richest pieces of real estate on the, on the planet. And uh, it has this beautiful, the Italian Catholic population gave this uh, Jesus statue uh, to Rio, and it's placed up on the hill so you can overlook the bay. But the beautiful thing about African history is that that Jesus the Redeemer overlooking Rio de Janeiro, a huge, huge statue, is on a pedestal. And I've gone there. Every few years we would go to Brazil. And one year that I went in 2003, and I took my nephew, Dr. Hassan, and his uh, wife, who's a medical doctor, and her mother, who's a medical doctor, I took 10 people to, to Brazil. And it was at that time that the pedestal was opened and the, Jesus the Redeemer is standing on the shrine of the Black Madonna, Brazil. And so right. we have to understand that Black Madonna, Czestochowa, that came out of Poland, was the same Black Madonna that the Pope worshipped. The Pope's worshipped, and when the, the Pope John Paul II, uh, he comes out of Poland, and he appreciated it. He also uh, was able to, uh, when he passed on, they had an Africanized funeral in the courtyard of the pillar temple of the Vatican, and the tallest thing is the Tekken, the symbol of rebirth and resurrection that comes directly out of the Nile. And the ceremonial burial was within coffins, a double coffin, as they did in some of the burial practices of our great Nile Valley uh, cultures. So happy is the key. And we're talking about being really happy, glad to be alive and well. And happy is the name of the Nile Valley that our brother and sister, and I have to give uh, them their kudos, you have Brother Taki, and you have yeah. our sister, uh, who have worked together to make mm -hmm. sure these things work. And mm -hmm. so uh, yeah, uh, join Felicia. us, Sister Felicia. She's a queen, a young queen mother. She's there to help my wife as in an unbelievable way. She's got two boys that she's raising, and I told her, make sure they follow your strong counsel, but if they don't, I got something for them down in the in the library downstairs and I showed her the whip that I used in classrooms and some of the students said, does he really have a whip? And I said, and I said yes. I pulled it out from my desk and I snapped it. Boom! You all get out of order. Uh, the whip will be in play. And, and so uh, she is uh, doing wonderful work and he, of course, has given me trips to the Nile, the likes of which I couldn't uh, uh, I have to explain, and I will explain, and it has been written up, but uh, Ataki has been a blessing, and uh, she is an extraordinary force of, of strength, knows how to handle the computers and business, and, and knows how to do it with a smile, and knows how to act as if she's innocent, some of this knowledge coming to her uh, for the first time, and in many instances it is, because uh, people are bringing forth their work, and and whatnot, and so uh, she had a fantastic uh, taping with Dr. Milana Karanga, and mm -hmm. uh, he had made such a fantastic contribution, and she was there to express how it impacted on her, to express love and affection for his story. And so we have to put these stories together, and that is the key. 
that African Renaissance standing there at Senegal at the door opening of the way to the new world and that linkage that Dr. Diop talked about. I'll be talking about that in my presentation. That he said that the rise of African greatness was going to come from the West and then bounce back uh, to the East, back to Africa. And that's what has happened. And I'll, I'll be reading uh, his uh, testimony uh, to that effect. It'll be the first time that it's been read uh, like that. Um, so that uh, uh, please come, to bring your family, uh, get yeah. introduce your family to some of this knowledge, and uh, uh, we we give thanks that we're we're here in the middle of the of the den of the beast going crazy before us, blowing up children and blowing up this and that, and this craziness is it, we've got to put our strength to the wheel and make sure we roll this craziness out of the way and let let the African light shine uh, for Absolutely. the human family. Hey, hey, Doc, before we get out of here, and once again, everybody, this is uh, we'll have the information uh, at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. You can register there. The uh, One Africa Power and Unity Conference, Saturday, April 30th through Sunday, May 1st, 2022. This is at the Double Tree Hotel in downtown Detroit. I'll be there as well, and I'll have a vendor table. I may be speaking, and I'm not, sure, I'm not sure yet, but I live right near the hotel. I live in downtown Detroit. Um, when, during the confirmation hearing to Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson, your name yes. came from uh, punk-ass Senator Lindsey Graham, and I called you, uh, and your, your phone was your, – your voicemail was, was full, but uh, he was talking about the Harvard speech. I think that was 1992. He was talking about the Harvard yes. speech. Uh, that, that you gave, and uh, Jessica Tanji Brown Jackson, she was a, a member of the uh, the Black Student Union at the time, and and I think also a, a law organization. She did not attend the uh, lecture that you gave, but uh, Senator Lindsey Graham called you anti-Semitic, and then he he said that uh, he said uh, first of all he didn't call you Dr. Leonard Jeffries, he called you Mr. Jeffries. And then he, he didn't, said, no, he didn't even put the mystery. He just said Leonard Jeffrey. That was no, he didn't say a non-person, but I'm he, more than a non-person, and no, there's he, nothing they can no, do. He just said Mr. Jeffries. He just said Mr. Yes. He didn't call you. He didn't call you Leonard Jeffrey. He just said Mr. Jeffries. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and then he said, he said, I think he's the uncle of uh, Akeem Jeffries. Okay. He had to throw that in there. But talk about what was all this about, and what was the Harvard speech about? Well, the Harvard speech will be available. Uh, at Detroit, I will bring a uh, hundred of the tapes of the Harvard speech and uh, and other uh, things because we have to raise money uh, for these archives that we have here. But the Harvard speech was about uh, the curriculum of inclusion. We have been asked to be uh, the head of a task force to include uh, in um, the curriculum of the state of New York uh, the the real history of, of of our people, and so uh, that uh, work spread around, and so the students in various universities, I've spoken to several hundred universities around the world, the students uh, would call us to come in to speak for a black history program or what a, another activity such as that, and so I, I said yes, I would be glad to. The young fellow who called was one of the student leaders uh, of the student government, and they had voted uh, me to come to speak, and there was a, a, a little honorarium. Uh, some of the Jewish students came to the student meeting, and they said, we don't want Jeffries here. Now, here you talk about freedom of speech, and they don't want a person to speak. So, of course, the black students responded and said, no, we've made our decision. He's coming. And then the, the students came back in greater force and said, well, he can come, but he he does not get an honorarium. We vote down him getting an honorarium. So the black students began to panic. They called and they said, Dr. J, they cut off the honor. I said, do not worry about an honorarium. I will pay you to come to Harvard. Just keep the uh, invitation open. And that's what they did. And it was marvelous. And they had 400 African-American students, African-Caribbean students from those great universities in New England, and they were sitting in front. 
And then when I came, they had hung me in effigy outside of the, it was cold, but they had a fire and they were burning uh, me in the fire. And so uh, we have that on film too. And then my brother and I, and, and he's my bodyguard, he's not just my younger brother, he's my spiritual partner in so many ways. We walked in the door and the dean, uh, Epps was glad to see me and the white dean of the uh, college was glad to see me and we have it all on film. And uh, we took off our heavy coats and whatnot, and they said, uh, we're ready to go. And I said, I'm ready to go, too. So we we went into the speech. The dean, the white dean now, an older man, said he was proud to announce that Dr. Leonard Jeffries is here to speak to our student body. I'm proud to welcome him here and introduce him uh, because 30 years ago on the same stage, I introduced Malcolm X. Right. Wow. And with that spirit, we went out and challenged them. And, of course, we had first, I don't do anything without a libation. And so I told the students that I was glad to be here. But before uh, we do anything serious in the African tradition, we acknowledge the ancestors. And when I go into my libation, that calls upon other spiritual forces to join me. And uh, 400 black students in front, I told them, in the tradition, you stand in reverence when a serious libation is poured. And these black students got up. That immediately separated them from the 1,000 white students that was in the balcony in the loge. And then I just preached to my people, raised them up like they have never been raised. My brother was there passing out the books to me as I gave my presentation. My brother was in such sync. He could reach in the in the bag and pull out the Jews of Amsterdam. He'd pull out slavery, uh, this and that. And uh, So it's something that people who want to understand what this struggle is all about need to get a hold of a copy of it. And it will all also help us raise money for Taki and... and uh, Alicia and the uh, and their program it will also help me cover some expenses that we have in trying to get our archives ready to donate them to one of the uh, historical black institutions. And uh, we just got notice from Africa that they are plans for a museum in Africa. And uh, it will be modern and the brother one of the leaders is coming to America to sit down with us. So this is real. This is not memorex. This is real African building for eternity. And uh, you need to be a part of it no matter where you are and get some of your family that may be trying to watch the ball games to say the ball game is important. Let's spend a few uh, serious moments uh, with this knowledge, this transformative knowledge, this resurrective. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Now, uh, Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina called you anti-Semitic during the Katanji Brown-Jackson hearings. Now, I I've known you for a number of years. Now, weren't you the president of a Jewish fraternity when you were in college? The only fraternity at Lafayette College. The only Jewish fraternity at Lafayette College was Pi Lambda Phi, mm -hmm. and it was a national fraternity. And when, uh, in order to, uh, Lafayette didn't have enough dormitories and whatnot, so they rushed, it was unusual, they rushed you to get into the fraternities in the first week. You come up a week early, and so they have what they call a rush, and then the fraternities have a chance to get pledges and they can um, eat, eat at the fraternity. So. Um, I wasn't interested in the fraternity. I was. In, I went to Lafayette College because one of my childhood buddies, Sonny Green, uh, from the village in Newark, he was there as a student, and I, I was a, accepted into all these Ivy League schools, including Rutgers, Penn, and Colgate, and 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 whatnot, uh, Amherst. But I, I went where I had an African partner from, uh, from the streets of Newark, from the lots of Newark, from the doobopping and all the stuff that we used to play in stickball and whatnot. Sonny Green was there. Uh, he did not finish because he got sick, uh, but I was able to finish. And and they elected me 
has put me up for election in the freshman uh, class election, and I was elected the freshman class secretary. Right. Then they put me up as in the next year as a leader in the fraternity. I became the vice president of fraternity. And then in the third year, I was the president of the fraternity. And, uh, and they were very proud to have this young black man with some class and some talent and with some wisdom uh, to be the leader. And in fact, uh, when they wanted to uh, question that, uh, he really couldn't have been the president. So they found one of my fraternity brothers, and uh, Michael, and I'm not going to say his last name, but he was in charge of the Federal Reserve of Chicago. And they asked him, was this Jeffries really the president? And, my, and, and uh, he said, yes, he was the best of us. He was our leader. Mm. Now, only Greenspan in New York, head of the Federal Reserve in New York, yeah. had a greater Alex, position Alex economically than him. And, uh, Alex so, Greenspan. Alan yes, Greenspan. And so, um, and so I have not hesitated to raise questions about Jews and Catholics and African uh, leaders, even when I had to raise questions about them. So uh, this thing of being anti-Semitic, uh, it will be used, and it has been used, and I'm sure it's going to be used as a, stare, a scare tactic. But uh, the reality is that everybody was involved in our, in our enslavement, including the Pope in Rome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that uh, uh, when the rich families of Europe uh, began to uh, quest for wealth and whatnot, uh, they bonded and formed the trading companies, the Dutch West Indian Company, the English Company, the Swedish Company, the Danish Company. These are all, the Royal African Company. These are all slave trading companies set up by European royalty. And Jews were involved. Christians were involved. The Pope was involved. The greatest minds and, and the greatest uh, successful individuals of Europe was involved. That's why we have to know the history. I certainly know it. I lived it. And beautifully, I had a chance to study in Europe two times I spent uh, uh, in Europe and I, in Switzerland, I was studying in French. The first American to pass the exams in 15 years. Mm -hmm. I don't take no backseat to nobody when it comes to African culture, when it comes to Caribbean and related cultures in Brazil and South America, when it comes to the island of the Pacific, when it comes to Africa, islands of the in Indian Ocean, Madagascar, the Seychelles, I've, always, I've been there. Africans have reached out and invited me everywhere. And they've made me chief, not because they felt I was good looking or I could bring them some money. They read my spirit. Chief yeah. among the Ashanti and the Fanti, chief among the Baole, Shekhanta Diop and others brought me into their world and their realm. And so those are the experiences that I wish to share. My wife and I, and she, she uh, is, is such a talent in terms of experience. She first went to Africa in 1960. She went before I did, before I met her. In fact, I met her when I went in 61, and she was there with, uh, with uh, several important young ladies in order to get the experience of the new group that went. And that, uh, that group of, of important women that were there to become, to meet the new Crossroads group included Marion Wright. Yeah, Edelman. Marion yep. Wright mm -hmm. included uh, uh, the, the Isabel, the uh, daughter of uh, uh, my buddy, because he, he was in the, Isabel Johnston, uh, she is the mother-in-law of... Um, the, uh, our sister in Ohio who wrote the, the book on the, the, the prison system. And uh, so... Oh, you're talking uh, about, you're talking about uh, Michelle Alexander, the new Jim Crow? Michelle Alexander. Her yeah. mother-in-law was there. And, mm -hmm. she, and they were all anxious to go to hear what the report was because they were going the next year. 
and and uh, so Marion writes Anderson's father Anderson is yeah. a father or brother was the head of the church that Hakim and Hassan one of the biggest churches in in uh, Brooklyn and in, in, in black America um, uh, Reverend Wright uh, not uh, our Reverend Wright in Chicago but uh, Reverend Wright in in New York and uh, Marion Wright Edelman was able to um, purchase the land that Alex Haley um, grew up in, right. and, uh, and uh, so she turned it into a retreat for young uh, people. And my cousin, uh, my uh, nephew Hassan, the Morehouse graduate, he would speak uh, in the summers. Uh, there, so hey, get the family business straight, and we're on our way. The wealth that we create, we can use to raise off our communities. We can use to bond with other wealthy, other wealth uh, in the Caribbean and in South America, and uh, all over uh, the islands of the Pacific. Even uh, my wife teaches a course. Uh, that is uh, targeted for the Koreans and the South Americans and the uh, uh, Chinese. It's uh, out of the School of Visual Arts. Uh, they have a campus in Asia. Okay. okay. And so she, uh, thanks to Felicia, she's able to uh, process connected. And Felicia is there to make sure Felicia is just so wonderful. She just comes on time. She gets her stuff done, and then she goes and takes care of heavy other business. She's really a mover and a shaker <laughs> and looking good. She had her earrings on the other day, just flashing them around. I said, go on. Just <laughs> 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 right. do your thing. <laughs> so exactly. join us, folks. Join, join us. You will, you will not lose with the stuff we use. You. Exactly. Exactly. So this is coming up. The One Africa Power and Unity Conference is coming up Saturday, April 30th through Sunday, May 1st, 2022 at the Doubletree Hotel in downtown Detroit. Okay. You can visit. Uh, we'll have the information on our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. You can register there, but also at HapiFilm.com, H-A-P-I, HapiFilm.com. Uh, you can register also. They have tickets uh, tickets there, and they have vendor space uh, as well. Okay, so it will be Dr. Leonard Jeffries, Dr. his wife, Dr. Rosalind Jeffries, Professor Jane Small. Uh, there will be a lecture from Dr. Ma Mawulana Karenga, uh, Dr. Susan Tata, uh, Infoduci Jehutimas, uh, Asar M. Hotep, Dr. Theophil Obinga, Dr. Malefic Asante, Jabari Osazi, Dr. Chike Akua, and, and others. Okay, and I'll be there as well, and I'll have a vendor space there. I'm not sure if I'm speaking yet. Okay, Dr. J, look, we know uh, you have to get, uh, you have to leave. We know you have to get out of here. Uh, let people right. know how do you get in contact with you. They want you to do a lecture, do teach a class, whatever. How can people get in contact with you? Yes, they can. Uh, we have um, my home phone here. Uh, the landline is two zero one two zero one. Eight three seven one three five five, and the cell phone is two zero one six six eight seven nine seven three. That's not the cell. Switch it around. That last number is the landline six six eight two zero one six six eight seven nine seven three, and then the uh, the other number is the. Uh, Two zero one eight three seven one three five five. Okay, all right. And then, um, how can and then I'm I'm, I'm retired. I've been retired for many years, so you can call at any time. But please, uh, not the first thing in the morning. Uh, right. The people from overseas, <laughs> from Nigeria, got it. They call, and I say, goodness, I, you know, call me later. You know. Right. Um, <laughs> but it's family calling. It's people we've adopted. People who've adopted us. One Babalao, he he's the one who brought protection for me when we had the court case, and, right. and, and New York court, and we won. 
that case. We won $400,000, and they had to pay millions of dollars in our court fees. Mm -hmm. So we've gone to the mountaintop, and we've challenged, accepted their challenge, and beat them back every damn time. Right, exactly, exactly. Now, how can people buy, buy your lectures, maybe those that can't make it to Detroit, to get the Harvard, uh, the Harvard speech, or they want to get other lectures from you, how can how can they support you? How can they how can they buy those lectures? We'll we'll have uh, a brother uh, Achille, uh, Charles Mitchell. He's one of our sons of Africa, and yes. uh, he'll we'll set up something. My cousin, who for years had been uh, uh, having the tapes for sale at every big conference we went to, he already has. Uh, uh, tapes ready for people to uh, uh, purchase. We'll get that message out uh, to them, uh, okay. to folks. But it's serious. You you need the Harvard uh, speech. Nobody has done anything like that. Uh, we did at Harvard. Uh, and get the Koch tape. Uh, this is a tape that Koch himself put in front of me when we were in his office, my brother and I. And uh, we took him to the mat and gave him a beating. And uh, <laughs> he he liked former it. mayor I mean, of New York, former mayor of uh, New York, former mayor who had told the president of the United States, uh, coming up out of Georgia, that if you don't uh, do right by Israel, we don't want you to come to New York. Mm. That's the president who wanted me to come down to his office. I said, no, you come up to mine because the books and stuff are here. I got right. 50, 50 books of the Jewish involvement in slavery, and. Uh, I'm going to increase that to 100 books. They, they will still put that mess out there. 100 books. Jonathan Israel's has four or five books on the Jewish involvement in slavery in in uh, Europe. Uh, mm -hmm. The Rothschilds, uh, one of the greatest uh, financial fortunes in the Jewish world community, combined uh, uh, to send five of their uh, relatives to different. So you had the Rothschilds of Austria, the Rothschilds of Germany, the Rothschilds of France, the Rothschilds of England. And that was a banking community. And what did they help finance? They helped finance the slave trade. Right. And what did they link up with? European money. For example, when the French had the Suez Canal up for sale, uh, the financial money coming from the English sources uh, wanted to purchase the the canal, and they did. And so the person who was a, a major uh, a player, he w couldn't go to Parliament and ask them for 10 million uh, pounds and whatnot uh, to purchase the canal, but he was able to go to the Rothschilds and without going to Parliament get the money to purchase the Suez Canal for the English. So you have the Rhodes Scholars, Cecil Rhodes, combined with the Rothschild to be able to link Cairo to the Cape where the diamonds and golds are. I mean, this they, this, they need to go away, way away from me. I have too much of that history and have been through it, lived it. And so there's no need to be talking about it. Cecil Rose formed a committee of 10 to control the diamonds and gold of South Africa. And he created that brotherhood called the Rogue Scholar to create other imperialistic-minded uh, young men who could be brought into their society, their secret society. Yes, yes. All right, Dr. J, look, we're going to let you uh, get out of here, and uh, we'll see you in Detroit. Okay, brother? All right, now, Kyrie, I appreciate you uh, giving me All right. a chance. To Hotep. No problem. Hotep, peace. No problem. Hotep to you Hotep and the family. Peace. Okay, brother, peace. Badisana. All right, everybody, that was uh, one of our Grandmaster Scholar Warriors, Dr. Leonard Jeffries, and um, he'll be here in Detroit for the uh, One Africa Power and Unity Conference. Okay, and we'll have the information at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. You can register there, also at HapiFilm.com also. Um, if you like this type of information, you can support us, uh, support the African History Network show, dollar sign, the AHN show through Cash App, dollar sign, the AHN show through Cash App, also through PayPal, 
paypal.me forward slash the EHN show, paypal.me forward slash the EHN show. Um, normally, we're broadcasting on uh, Restream, Facebook and YouTube uh, through Restream, and I was broadcasting the interview tonight uh, on and broadcasting my radio show on 9, 10 a.m. Superstation WFDF here in Detroit. And after about 10 minutes, the broadcast on Facebook and everything, we got kicked out of it on Restream. So um, we went through and did the rest of the interview, but I called Dr. J. I said, look, uh, I want to set it up on Blog Talk Radio, have you come on and, 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 and finish uh, talking, because there was some information that we were not able to uh, – uh, discuss and capture the way I want it to. So we got we have it here on Blog Talk Radio. All right. Um, visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. You can register for the online classes I teach on Saturdays and Sundays. And basically we have them um, all on demand now. Ancient Kemet, the Moors, then the Ma'afa, understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. And from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. Those are 10-week online classes. As soon as you register, uh, we have nine weeks of the classes you can watch on demand. So those classes are on sale right now, uh, $60, regularly $130. We have a bundle pack. You can get both classes for uh, $100. And you can uh, even, once you register for it, you have full access to it. So even a year from now, two years from now, you can still watch uh, the entire course, okay? Um, and you can support us also through uh, Cash App and uh, uh, PayPal. Uh, we have the information on our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. And the African History Network shows on Monday through Friday, 11 p.m. to midnight, Eastern Standard Time, and Sundays, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on 9, 10 a.m. The Superstation, WFDF. And I broadcast on uh, Facebook and YouTube when uh, when we're on live also, all right? Okay, look, we have to get out of here. Remember, at the African History Network, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Because right now, it's correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. We're kind of forever. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Peace.